Episode 118 is brought to you by Bonjoro. Bonjoro is an app I use each and every day to quickly, simply, and easily send a personal video to everybody that has purchased my online course the day before. It's a great way to set up that relationship. I know my customers very much appreciate it, and I've sent thousands of these videos at this point, and it's something I'm not going to be stopping anytime soon. If you have an online course business or are about to launch your online course, I highly recommend you add in Bonjoro to your process. You and your customers will both thank me. To get your free trial of Bonjoro, head to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is The Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins, and here with me is our co-host, David Crozy. What's up? Come on, you can do better than that. Give it to us like you're really... Like you're really excited to make time. All right. Oh, I'm. I'm oh, like, you're okay. What's up? What's up? <laughs> we're we're live. No, we're not really live. But let's let's roll through it. And that was better. And we're excited, clearly, to dive into all things online courses with you today. We're having we're having fun here, David. On episode 118, we're talking about a book called Make Time. Are you excited? I'm excited. I think you know we both have online course businesses. People listening to this podcast either either have online course businesses or they want to. And I think everybody, whether you have a business or not, the the prospect of making time, creating time, having more time is enticing. And that's kind of what this book is about. We haven't spoken about it yet. We both recently read the book and we're going to talk about it on this podcast here today. Does that sound good to you? It sounds great. So I got this uh, recommendation from a friend of mine, Jonathan Mendoza, from the Choose Fi podcast. He recently interviewed the one of the authors on his podcast, and and he said this is this is a game changing book for him. And if he says that, then then I'm on board. And so I wanted to pick it up, check it out. And so we're going to be talking about it today. Glad you're out there listening to this. If you want to pick up a copy of the book and at the same time support the show, then buy your copy through this link, the online course guy dot com slash make time. All right, David. Like I said, we have we haven't touched base on this book. We don't know how each other feels about it. We don't know what our takeaways are. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing in this episode is is getting our honest, candid, you know, freshly read the book feedback. So off the top, you know, at the beginning here, overall, what'd you think? Well, I thought that I needed it. it was the biggest takeaway. Like I am distracted. I have an addiction to Facebook and my wife gives me a hard time about it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I needed to listen to it. I didn't have a bunch of time. I was like, I got to make time to listen to this thing. And my wife were on a road trip and I was like, oh man, I want to listen to this. But if I listen with Val there, she's going to end up looking at me and being like, you need this. And yeah, but but given the, the limited time, we listened together and we were an hour and a half in and she just had me pause it and she's like, 
do you realize how much you need this? And so <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for you to say that. So yeah, it's good. And honestly, I mean, a book is good to the extent that it makes you make changes. And I've already messed with some settings on my phone. So it's it's helping me make changes. I'm excited to talk about it. Now, this is this is a very actionable book. I mean, the core of the book is literally 87 different tactics that you can take and implement and start using. And they, they mention the tactic and then they'll explain why why it's good. So we'll spend the most of our time here going through some of those tactics and maybe talk about some of our not only takeaways, but what we've put into practice since, since you know, reading about that particular t- tactic. But like I said, the the book is is fairly simple. I mean, the the I think we both did audio, the the audible version, and it's less than five hours. And and I listened to it on probably like one point eight speed. You know, it's it's not a long book, but it was funny. I was going on, I was on the Amazon page for the book, and the the top review is a one star review, very negative. And the reason it's so negative is because of how simple it is. They're like, how how did these guys put together a book? Like, why are people buying a book? where the, the guy tells you to use Facebook less and, and watch TV less. It was like, yeah, that, that's kind of the point, man. Like that's, we, we all need that reminder and there's great strategies on how to best do all this. And so, the, you know, right off the bat, the, the simplicity is, is what I, one, one of the things I love most about this. Now, if we want to talk about just like what's, what's, what's kind of the synopsis of the book, right? The synopsis, in my opinion, is that in general, we're busy, right? everybody's busy, 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 busy. Hey, you know, what, how, how's life? How, how's, how's work going? Oh, busy, right? And what happens is days pass by, weeks pass by, months or even years, and it's just kind of a blur. And, and we wonder where this time has gone. What have we been doing? And the book to me is about just like slowing down and making time for what matters most. Do you think that's a fair synopsis? I think that's great. Yeah, I tried to, I, I said my one, one sentence summary is don't let the default settings destroy your life. You know, you get that phone and it's set up for everybody, but no matter what device you're looking at, it's like set it up so that it, it's a benefit to you and not a cost in terms of your life. Yeah, one, and we'll talk about this later on, but like one small example of what you just said is by default, every app you download on your phone, notifications are turned on. Don't let that don't let that ruin you. And you can you can change that. You can change default settings. But the the book also talks about default settings from a perspective of your life too. Like your life's default settings. What is when you wake up in the morning, what's your default? Is it to check email? Change it, right? Change what your your own default settings are. Now, I mentioned we both listen to the audio version. I I really enjoyed the audio version because there's two authors to this book and man, they went back and forth so seamlessly. It was, it was such an enjoyable experience with the two authors reading the book. Mm -hmm. That was really unique. I I found that really interesting. Yeah. And another cool thing about having two authors is it gave interesting perspectives. It's two different perspectives. And like I said, there's 87 different tactics here. Sometimes the tactics don't jive with each other. Like they're they're almost opposite tactics because there's two different guys and they they want they don't want you to go implement all 87. Like it's literally impossible. They want to give all this information and you pick and choose what's going to work best for you in your life. Just to give you a couple of examples. I mean, one tactic is about becoming a morning person and getting certain things done in the morning. Another one is becoming a night person and getting certain things done in the night. So you, most people out there are going to be able to be both. Another example 
his one of the tactics is to to snack a lot and just always be you know satisfied from a hunger perspective and another tactic is to try fasting so those don't don't drive either so if it was just one author then it, you might not have all those you know different types of tactics definitely I did enjoy learning the author's actual stories, and they're pretty inspiring. So, I mean, the, both of them worked in Google companies. One was in YouTube and one was in Gmail. And it sounded like they, they rose to leadership positions, started teaming up together. Now they have both like left Google and are living their dreams. So like one is a full-time author, and the other one, like he and his wife are like living full-time on a sailboat. So talk about, you know, you put this stuff into action. And I mean, it enabled them to live like just these dream lives, how they define it. Yeah, our stories, our stories are always important. You know, I, I always preach to people that their, their story should be well woven into their course and their marketing for their course. I mean, if I just come on this podcast or my website and start teaching people about online courses, it doesn't mean near as much if you don't know the story of of piano in 21 days and all that. So yeah, the, the, to hear to hear the guys' stories and where they are now and, and hear how these concepts and these tactics have positively impacted their lives is a really important part of part of this book and I'm glad you brought that up. So let's see, like I said, we, we're gonna spend a good amount of time going through some of these tactics. Is there anything else you think worth mentioning overall before we jump into some tactics, David? No, I don't think so. The last thing I think I'll say is that, you know, I, I did mention already that this is a very actionable book. And for that reason, you know, it may not be a great idea that we just read it and now we're talking about it. Maybe we should have waited a little bit of time. But on that same note, maybe it's something we should revisit in the future because I don't know about you, but I haven't had much time to implement a lot of this. A lot of it sounds great and I've implemented some of it, but it's one of these things that you, you need to implement and use for for, I mean, hopefully the rest of your life. So let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, we're not going to go into all 87 tactics. I, I highly recommend you you read this book. You can get a copy at theonlinecourseguy.com slash make time, and you'll see all 87 ta- tactics inside the book. I want to start with number nine. We're going to go through these in, in order of the ones we picked out here. Number nine is block your calendar. And the concept there is to to actually block off time on your calendar for for certain tasks, you know, we didn't, we didn't even talk about the highlight. Like they recommend you pre-plan a highlight of your day. You know, when somebody asks you, what was the highlight of your day? Sometimes you're not able to answer it. And so they want you to think about that question at the beginning of your day. If somebody asks you, what's, what was the highlight of your day at the end of your day? What would you want the answer to be? Pre-plan that. And number nine talks about, go ahead and block time for whatever that is on your calendar. And I know for me, What's on my calendar is is meetings, like actual appointments and meetings and, and things like that. I don't really block off time on my calendar for, for getting certain things done or tasks, but that's a concept I've read about before in, in Deep Work by Cal Newport, and it sounds like something worth trying. Is that something you've ever done, David? Not particularly, no. I've always been very haphazard with my calendar and just know that there's a few key things coming up. I know there's times I need to go take care of patients. And that definitely is a hit on productivity. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, something I'm going to be trying. All right, number 11, flake it till you make it. What's your thoughts there? Okay, so this flake it till you make it concept, they would say, 
let's say that you're in a business setting and you get called into these meetings all the time and you get a sense that these meetings aren't worthwhile, you're supposed to just kind of lie and be like, oh, I got something really important I need to work on and just skip the meeting. So Elon Musk is like one of my heroes. If I'm a fanboy of anybody, it's him. And it's interestingly, that's one of the ways that I waste time is I use the Flipboard app and Flipboard knows that, yeah, whatever Elon's up to today, I'd like to read about that. But Elon, he put out like this memo to his entire companies and he says, if you're in a meeting at SpaceX or Tesla and it becomes apparent that your skill set and knowledge is not needed, get up and walk out. It's company-wide, SpaceX, Tesla, boring company, Neuralink. And it's just, you know, a lot of companies don't do that. And these people just spend hours in meetings where they aren't contributing anything. So flake it till you make it. Yeah, I'm... I'm the boss now, so I'm pretty pretty in charge of, of what goes on my calendar and what meetings I schedule. So I, I don't have a huge problem with that on my side, but I definitely remember back in my days as an engineer, a lot of meetings where it's like, man, this is so this is so pointless. I don't I don't think I had the the nerve to just get up and leave. But that's interesting that that is that is something part of the culture at, at Elon Musk's companies. Number fourteen, become a morning person. Man, I can't tell me tell you how many times I've tried becoming a morning person. I love the thought of it. I love the thought of getting up early when it's still dark, making some nice coffee, you know, watching the sun come up, planning my day and all that, but it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. Are you a morning person or a night person? Somewhere in between. I mean, I wake up early no matter what, but I don't wake up and instantly be productive. Except on on the weekends, I do actually though. I know that there's like this window where I can be productive and I get things done first. I'll tell you, I struggle with with where to draw the line between to, between waking up early and and getting enough sleep because we all know. I mean, everybody talks about how, how important sleep is for you, and and people try to tell you how great it is to wake up early and and, and start your day early. But where where do you draw that line? And I know for me, I draw that line about seven fifteen each day. And I, I man, I, I love my sleep, and I, I I try to get about nine hours, sometimes even ten. I just I sleep a lot, love to sleep. I feel good when I'm well rested. But the mornings still call me, and and I think maybe I could even just thirty minutes early would would earlier would be good because seven fifteen is when my kids get up, and so we start our day together, and I make them breakfast and all that. So I I usually don't start my work day until about eight fifteen eight thirty after they're off to school, and I know that on the times when I have woken early and done a better job with with a morning routine and starting my day, start planning my day and all that. It typically is a better day as long as I got enough sleep the night before. So I think, you know, becoming a morning person obviously starts the night before. Dave Ramsey, somewhere on one of his shows, I heard him say a quote. He said, like, if you're a parent, especially, and you have a project you want to work on, he said, be selfish at 5 a.m. And like, I'm not a, I don't have kids. And when I hear that, I'm just like, that's kind of why I don't have kids because I can do things on my own schedule. But you know, if you have this busy life, you have a family, you want to be a good parent, you got to find times after the kids are in bed or before they're up to work on things. And I know, I know with the boot camp style workouts, their most highly attended workouts are these like five in the morning workouts, which yeah, just blows my mind. So I do love that quote as well. That's for people that are, you know, working a full-time job, trying to work on a side hustle. That's perfect for people who are are kind of in the middle here, right? So my online course businesses are my job. So I've got I've got 40 hours a week or whatever whatever I want to do that week to work on my online course. But if you're if you're at your job 
and you have your family and you're struggling to find time to work on your online course business, yeah, that quote is great. And and I think the the originator of it, his name is John Acuff, who actually, yeah, you remember that. He, he worked for Dave Ramsey for, for a time. I don't think he does anymore. But yeah, he says, be selfish at 5 a.m. Like if everybody's pulling at you, your job, your family, your kids, your wife, whatever, be, you can be selfish at 5 a.m. Also, I've got this friend, really good friend here in town who's who's an attorney and he's got a wife and kids and he wakes up, he, he keeps going earlier and early. Right now, I think he's been waking up at like 3.30 in the morning for, for a couple of years now. It's funny because if we if we like go out at night or anything, go out to dinner, he's like falling asleep at the table by like 8.30. But there, he's, I'm always like, why, why do you get up that early? And he always tells me, you know, he's like, I heard this quote one time. He says, it's really hard to be poor if you wake up at 4 a.m. And that quote resonated for him. And, and ever since then, he's been waking up at like 4 a.m. Or, or sooner. And he, he starts his work day. He starts, starts doing his billable hours as an attorney that early. And he's, he's doing really well. All right, this next one, number 17. I have a feeling we're going to spend a little bit of time here. 17 is try a distraction-free phone. <laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts on here. This is something that I have definitely played with off and on uh, over the past couple of years and something I'm a big fan of, of, of implementing is, is trying to make your phone as, as less, the least distracting possible. So, you know, let's, let's throw 19 Nick's notifications in here as well, because that's part of, of, of it being not super distracting. By, you know, we mentioned earlier, by default, every app has notifications. Turn off notifications, please. Email, absolutely. Like, some silly, stupid little apps you have on your phone are going to have notifications. Please turn those off. I mean, in my opinion, the only thing that should have notifications are phone calls, right? That's a notification. Text messages, and calendar like those are literally the three things that have notifications on on my phone what about you on notifications yeah that's pretty much the ones that are there i don't think i get notifications i guess messenger might still have notifications as well facebook messenger do you so you don't have facebook messages like uh, facebook notifications turned on no i don't okay good now they also recommend uninstalling all social media apps that's that's something that i i do the only social media-ish app that I still have, and I don't know if I'm going to get rid of, is YouTube. But I don't have Facebook app, don't have Twitter, don't have you know any of those apps on my phone. I have not accomplished that. <laughs> I, I have at various times. I've taken Facebook off for a couple of days, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just log in on Safari and pull it up. And then it's like, well, this is pretty much the same as app. And so, yeah, I mean, I have an addiction to Facebook. It's really that one particular app. Instagram does not appeal to me the same way. It's like, I don't know, with Facebook, I feel like I customized the experience. I unfollowed people that are really political or obnoxious, follow some news sites. And so I get this mix of gossip and, and news. And, you know, it's just a little relaxing thing that I use. So it is it is kind of addictive for me. Now, I haven't had the Facebook app on my phone in, in many years, if, if ever. But I do, I do catch myself like just opening, and I think you alluded to this, just opening the browser and going to facebook.com. And if I, you know, the past few months, if, if I'm on Facebook on my phone, that's how I'm doing it. And that's kind of worthless, right? If you're going to uninstall the app, you know, they actually recommend, man, I couldn't believe this. They recommend uninstalling the browser from your phone. Did you catch that? I did. I don't think I can ever do that. 
I don't no. think I could ever uninstall the browser because like if I'm, I don't know, I just love how the internet is always in our pocket or whatever and, and just the, the sheer knowledge that's available to you. I mean, I think even when Elon Musk was interviewed within the past year on Joe Rogan's show, I'm, I'm sure you listen to it if you're that big of a fanboy. He, I remember him talking about how we're basically like cyborgs or whatever now because we have smartphones and we have access to all this information like almost instantly. And so if I want to just Google something, like I want to be able to do that. But I think one of the reasons they want you to uninstall your browser is so that you don't go to Facebook.com and Twitter.com and Reddit.com and all that. But you can use an app called Freedom and block sites like that. And that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. So right now, if I go to Facebook.com, it won't let me get there. It redirects to, let me do it right now. It redirects to blocked.freedom.to. And I don't know if you can see this, not you listening in your earbuds, but you, David, it says, you are free to do what matters. And I love that little, little you know, inspirational line there when I try to go to facebook.com or reddit.com or something like that. So I think- So is Freedom your browser? No, it's not my browser. Freedom is an app that allows you to block certain apps and certain websites during certain times, right? So I don't have any apps blocked. I just have websites blocked because if I, if I wanted to block an app, I'm just uninstalling it. And I have those websites blocked 24-7. But you could block it for certain times, you know, during your workday, whatever. But if I'm, you know, bathing my kids or, you know, it's family time or whatever, I, I don't need to be browsing Facebook. And if I'm, if I'm, you know, waiting in line at the DMV or, or something like that, like, I can pull up the Kindle app, right? I can, I, there's more productive apps I can pull up on my phone than the browser and just going through something like facebook.com. And the, the authors of the book, they actually call that, do you remember what they call it? Infinity pools. That's what they call things that have ever replenishing content. So basically if you can like swipe down and, and new content comes up, that's called an infinity pool and they want you to avoid those like the plague. Definitely. So yeah, the way that I've implemented this just since listening is I hadn't really used the screen time and the downtime features on the iPhone. But I mean, built into your iPhone, I set an hour limit for Facebook per day, 10 minutes on Instagram, which I don't think I'd come anywhere near that. But and then downtime is this concept. It's built into the iPhones now that between I said at 11 o'clock, all the social media apps are shut down until six in the morning. So not a huge break from that. But I figured, well, That'll keep me from staying up later than 11 at least. Yeah, and I'm on Android and they have something called downtime as well. And you can schedule also the the, the blue light changes and stuff too. So, so it doesn't affect your sleep. You can make your phone turn black and white during certain hours. I actually, by default, this is a default, is my phone's black and white. That's another thing I recommend to people is just change. If you do one thing, change the color on your phone 24-7 to black and white. Everything is way less appealing that way. You can still get the things done that you need to get done. Even the Maps app when driving. You know, Instagram and Facebook, if you do still have those apps or go to them in your browser, they're not as appealing. All right, let's move on to our next tactic here. We're still on the kind of smartphone theme. Number 20 is clear your home screen. This is another one that I was I was a little like surprised about it. And I, I tried I tr- I try this. In fact, you know, my home screen is perfectly clear right now. There's not a single app on it. But you have to go to the next page to see the, the kind of main apps that I use like phone messages, browser. I'm not a fan of this one. I, I don't I don't really get this one. I think I'm going to move my apps back to the home screen. Yeah, that sounds good. 
not a lot of thoughts there. <laughs> no, not um, really. I agree. I, I listen to that one. And right now, interestingly, at various times in the past, my apps have all been organized for maximum efficiency. And right now, my my screens are cluttered. I mean, Facebook is like four screens deep, but it's just this jumbled mess. I didn't clear my home screen. No, I just wanted to mention that one as something that I tried out and I, I didn't really see the point. So I think I'm going to move back. Now, normally, I only have a handful of core apps on my home screen and then everything else is just in the app drawer and, and look I haven't used an iPhone in probably 10 years so I don't know the I don't know the terminology on iPhone but I think that's what they call it on Android 21 is wear a wristwatch now that was interesting because they say that actually you know the majority of the time when we pull out our phones it's it's to check the time and you don't want to just check the time and then get sucked into something that's on on your phone so wear a wristwatch now I'm a big fan of my watch David I have a wristwatch. Oh, very nice. It's nice, right? It doesn't look like a smartwatch, does it? No. It's got a leather band. It's actually a smartwatch. I love this watch. I've had it for over a year. I recommend it. It's a Withings. I don't remember the specific model, but the brand is Withings. And it's great because it's like an analog watch, but it's got a really small little area for for the smart feature. And the, the battery lasts over a month. So I have a wristwatch. I'm a big fan. Most of the time I use it for time, but I do get text messages on here and phone calls. So I have the wristwatch and one, one thing I'm, I'm thinking about implementing and that I haven't done is when I'm at home, having my cell phone on me less, right? Just keep it in on my nightstand or something. And if somebody, you know, if there's an emergency or wants to get in touch with me, then they can still do that via, you know, phone call, text message. I'll still get it on my watch, but I don't necessarily need to have my phone in my pocket, right? So they don't they don't recommend having a smartwatch like this. They recommend having an old school watch, but I'm just kind of putting multiple things together and that's kind of my thoughts there with the watch. Well, what you're talking about there kind of leads right into uh, one of the ones that I really wanted to talk about, which is leave the devices behind. And so I actually have this like physical product that I've been thinking about developing. And when I was asking you what kind of an engineer you were, if you had been in development of like physical products, I might have been like, hey, Jacques, let's team up on this. But since you were the more of the controls engineer, I'm just going to share this because I think it's a great idea. The problem it would solve is like, as a, I'm not a parent, but if I had kids, I would be like, how do I control how much these kids use technology? And there'd be two concerns. The first is just the idea that you'd give a kid a tablet and they disappear into their room and become like a troll. You know, they're looking at porn, they're playing by themselves all day long. It's just not ideal. And then the second thing, as a chiropractor, I look at it from a, a posture perspective. And so I'm like, man, it would be a nightmare for these kids just to end up looking like hunchbacks because they've been hunched over that technology in their room all day long. And so the concept that I I have for kids would basically be if I had kids, the only way they would be able to use technology would be like a tablet mounted on the wall and it would be on this track so that if you had two kids, let's say you have one kid that's three foot tall and one kid that's four foot tall, like they each have a designated spot. But the only way that the kids can play on this tablet is they have to like picture them like they have to reach up 10 inches above their heads. And so, so the whole idea is that like, how long is a kid going to play on Minecraft or whatever, if they're like standing there with like their arm up above their head. And so, and then I picture myself, if I was to develop this product, you know, if I was on the infomercial, I'd be there just ranting about how, you know, like, 
oh, your kid's posture is going to be ruined. As a chiropractor, I see all these kids coming in with chronic neck pain, headaches. So I'm like, it could be pretty persuasive. But as I envision the product, I'm like, you know, I should do that for myself. And so the concept would be if I got home and the only way that I could use my smartphone, I had to like set it in this like little holder that's like 10 inches above my head. And the only way that I can go and check my phone is to like go and stand there up against the wall. It's kind of exactly what you said. Like you'd still, you'd still get your notifications on your watch on your watch and stuff, but how long are you going to spend? And it, it sure would highlight if you were spending three hours a day overplaying on the phone like standing there next to the wall. So I don't know. What do you think of my idea? That is, that is such a chiropractor invention. <laughs> yeah, but we need it, man. No, that's I definitely could. I've looked it up. It's not out there. It, are you sure it's not out there? There's some, there's some wall mounts, but not this concept that's like usable for multiple size kids and stuff. Yeah, you can look for it. Yeah, I know, I know my daughters would get would get frustrated with the the height there and be like, let's just lower it. You know, if it's on a track, they would just want it lowered. But even if it's just in that one spot and they have to stand to use it, that's an interesting concept. And then also applying it to adults. Like I'm thinking now, like what if my phone was just in this one spot a little high up and that's the only way that I could use it once I'm home, right? I mean, when we're home, we really don't need to use our cell phones that much unless we get a phone call or respond to text messages, right? If we, if we, you know, we need to use Facebook. Like I use Facebook a lot for business, but like I need to be using Facebook for my computer, not and during, you know, working hours, not from, from my phone. So love what you're trying to accomplish there. I think maybe the, you know, specifics may need to be fine tuned a little bit, but I definitely am on board with what you're trying to accomplish. All right. Well, if you want to help me, my dad's an engineer and he retired and I was like, Hey, you want to help me make this product? And he just listened to the idea, the pitch. And he's like, ah, uh, I don't think people would really buy that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still, I'm still looking for somebody to help me implement this. All right, if any, I'll be the one. I'll be the one that's on QVC. If any engineers out there are listening, contact David. There you go. Thirty-five schedule email time. This one I wrote down because I want to get better at this. I usually have my email open throughout the day on my computer, not on my phone. I don't have email notifications turned on. I go through periods of even having the email app uninstalled. And that's very, that's very good at times. So like right now I've got it installed. I'm about to go on a trip. I think certain apps are good to have on your phone when you're traveling and maybe not using your computer as, as much. And then when you get home, make sure you uninstall them. But I think, you know, I first read about like scheduling your email back years ago in the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. And I think that email is probably more effective when you only check it once, twice, maybe three times a day and process it, clear it out, and then get back to your work and not leave it open all day like I do. Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds good. Email's never been something that's been super tempting for me. The one thing, I'm often tempted to put off replying to emails and then it kind of sits there in my psyche like, oh, I got to get to that. So if I could do anything with email, it would just do prompt responses probably would be good for my... uh... Do you do... Do you do like inbox zero? No, no. <laughs> There's like thousands. I do not understand not doing inbox zero. Maybe you can under, maybe you can explain it to me, but like once I once I get into my email, like it I it'll bother me if I don't get it down to zero emails in my inbox. Like I don't even understand how you manage it without doing that. Oh my gosh. Well, it's just a monster that can't be tamed at this point. It's too late. You just archive them all and start fresh, man. Oh. It's bad. If anybody's listening to this, I highly recommend you do Inbox Zero, clearly. 
All right, 46, go a la carte instead of all you can eat. And this relates to TV. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here, but I, I, I stopped cable 2008, 2009. We don't watch a lot of TV. The most TV that I watch is just sports. As, as I've mentioned, I'm a big sports fan. But we have we have we pay for Disney Plus, and that's that's about it because we have kids. We use we use my wife's dad's Netflix account. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but we rarely even use Netflix. But they're saying just just pay for what you're using and, and don't don't just buy the the two hundred dollar a month cable package. Not only because it's a lot of money, but also like you don't need all that. And you don't need all that TV. Yeah, that sounds good. We don't really watch any TV either. Like in the book, it said that Americans are still watching four hours a day. I don't know. We might watch two hours a week. And that does kind of lead me back to where, you know, it's like with Facebook, again, that's kind of my evening relaxation thing. And so like I've, I've talked with my wife about this. It's like if I didn't play on Facebook, like maybe I would turn on the TV, which would be more annoying. She doesn't want that sound around our house. And so the other options would be reading a physical book, which honestly doesn't appeal to me that much. I do quite a bit of audiobooks. My question, I mean, there's quite a few hours in the day, like what ends up being your true relaxation, just wind down activity? Because in some ways I'm like, I don't know what else to fill that space with. Well, are you asking me personally what's mine? I'm asking, I'm asking you, what do you, what is, what is like, if you say, I'm just going to relax and veg out for hour and a half sometime, you know, kind of before bed, like, what is that? So for me, that could be one of a few things. It can be watching sports, right? So, but it's got to be, I rarely will watch a sport where I'm not like invested in the team. So it's got to be like a LSU sport, football, baseball, basketball. Heck, I'll even watch like LSU gymnastics. And hey, I'm a season ticket holder, man. <laughs> I, I have two, I have two girls. Or, or the Saints or, you know, one, one of my teams. And, and obviously that's not on every night. And then my go-to other than that would be honestly to read fiction, right? I, I'm not, I don't really get into reading nonfiction, like business books in the evening. I think it, it just kind of works me up. It gets the ideas flowing. It makes me want to take action. And I struggle sleeping after that. But, but fiction really, you know, I, I, I really get into it. I get into the other worlds. I really like sci- science fiction. I, you know what I do is I, I'll buy the Kindle version and the audio version. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll read the Kindle version just on the couch, maybe have a glass of wine. You know, my wife will be doing something, reading something of her own, working on a project of her own after the kids go to bed. And then once it's time to actually go to bed, I'll switch over to the the audio version and they and they sync up if you do Amazon. It'll sync up where you left off in the Kindle version, and then I'll listen to it, and that'll kind of put me to sleep. I'm, I always listen to either a podcast or, an, or a fiction audio book to, to go to sleep. And so that's a, that's a cool way to, to kind of tra- transition from text to audio. Nice. What are a couple of your favorite recent books that you've read? Oh, man. Dark Matter was really cool. Science fiction uh, book. I was going to guess. I actually would have guessed that one is the one that you liked recently. Oh, have you you've read I've it? Heard a lot of, I've heard a lot. No, but I've heard a lot about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, Dark Matter. And then, you know, one of my favorites is is this book called I Am Legend, I Am Bob. Oh, huh. It, it's, it's pretty popular. It's got a weird name, but it's very interesting. It's actually a trilogy. So I'm actually going through those books for a second time right now. Big fan of that as well. Hmm. Did you read the Red Rising series? 
No. What is that? Oh, you got to check that out. It's considered young adult, but people, it gets rave reviews. The one thing, I tried to listen to it on audiobook. The narrator had a kind of thick British accent, and I, it took more brain power to like focus on it. But people rave about it. I'll check it out, man. All right, let's move on to our another tactic. We've got about five more here to talk about. Number 49, invent a deadline. Man, I love, love, love this one. And this is something that I do because, man, I'm like I said, I'm the boss, right? I don't have a lot of deadlines that uh, I have to adhere to unless I set them. So usually when I you know, give myself a project or a task, I will either try to make my own deadline or you know, get with get with my accountability partner and, and get with him and make a deadline and say, you know, I've talked about this here, you know, the penalty goals and say, if I don't, if I don't do this by this date, I owe you $100. So inventing a deadline can be very effective. You know, what is it Pareto's principle or something like that, where it's the, the time that it takes to accomplish something expands to fill the time that you give it to, to, ta- to take it, you know, it pro- probably can be put a little more eloquently than that. But Hopefully you get the point. So big fan of 49 have been the deadline. So the rest of the tactics, I think, fall more into like the health category. There, there were categories that these fell into. We didn't really go over those, but I'm looking at this list and I've got four more to talk about and they all kind of fall into health. Yeah, they called it they called it the energy category. Just things that, that help you be healthier and be focused and so well, yeah, because I'm looking at 51 here. Play a laser soundtrack, and I was like, "How does that fit into health?" But you're right; it, they they do call it energy. So these last four fall into energy category. So what does that one mean for you? Play a laser soundtrack. Yeah, well, I mean, they just recommend that you come up with this song that like puts you in the mindset of just kicking ass and taking names. So I wanted to ask you, like, what song? What would be your pump up, get things done song? <laughs> you're putting me on the spot, man. Let me think about it while you tell tell us yours. Well, I have two. So there's this artist, his name is, or the artist is Chicane. I think his name is Nick Bracegirdle, but it's this techno ambient kind of music, really melodic. And I just feel like that kept me up so many nights during college, focused, just incredible. So love that. If you want my little Spotify playlist of music that would get me in the mindset, reach out to me. And then the other one, if I was going to come in and record and just wanted to be like really pumped up, have you heard the song Glorious by Macklemore? I'm sure I have, but it doesn't ring a bell right now. Oh, man, it's really great. And it has this cute video of him, like, taking his grandma out for her birthday, taking her all around, like, Vegas for with all these highlights. But it's an awesome song. And as I, I actually listened to it this morning as I was coming in to record, I noticed that, like, the main song is, like, piano. And so I was picturing, like, some of your students could learn this song, be rapping over it. Uh, along with the song. Love so, yeah, it. you should check it out. Love it. Well, mine would be, you know, one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band, is actually Jimmy Eat World. And they get a bad rap because of that one song, The Middle, which is is not, is, is kind of an outlier from, from what the rest of their songs sound like. But they have a co- song from a while back called Sweetness. And that's one of my mm-hmm. go-tos. If you're asking for like a pump-up song, I just, I love that track, man. All right, nice. so yeah. let's I listen get, to them quite a bit. Okay. Oh, cool. Awesome. So 65, eat like a hunter-gatherer. Go for it. Yeah, so the main thing, you know, I've definitely done some little nutrition experiments and tried to follow the basically the paleo principles. Uh, a couple little tricks that I tried to do, you know, some people will say track everything you eat. But for me, that created a lot of extra work. I wasn't really good at that. 
And so what I would say is that if you create a good plan for yourself, you only need to track the exceptions. So let's say, you know, you just have this goal. You'd say, you get, I, I get to eat unlimited vegetables and fruit in a two to one ratio. I eat healthy proteins, healthy fats. And then I allow myself just like one snack or treat a day. Like in the book, they recommend dark chocolate. You would only need to track the thing that falls outside of your rules that are easy to follow. So I don't know, you follow... You follow paleo principles? I know you said you've said before you're kind of gluten-free and stuff. Yeah, I try I try to, man. The my, my default there is is kind of a paleo keto low carb. I, I work the best on uh pretty pretty low carb and try to eliminate grains specifically sugars and sugars and grains most specifically. So yeah, that's that's my default. That's how I feel the best. But that also leads into number 67. I've got written down here stay hungry cuz I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of fasting as well and I, I do I do my best work on an empty stomach. And, you know, my default is, is definitely intermittent fasting, not eating breakfast for the past several years. I'm a, I'm a two, two meal a day guy, late lunch, kind of an early dinner, to be honest with you for the past week. And this, this goes, this just stretches beyond the book, but for the past week, maybe two weeks, I've been testing one meal a day and actually working like my entire work day fasted and then eating dinner with the family after that. And it's going really well. Like I've been some of my most productive here lately. It's not only are you not having to take the break and go have lunch, but it's also just makes me feel good. And I, and I haven't, it hasn't really even been a problem. Wow. That's pretty intense. It's, it's really, it really hasn't been. I just, the biggest thing is making the decision ahead of time. Like, okay, today I'm not going to eat till dinner. Because if if I ever give myself the leeway, it's like okay, well if, if I can do it, I'll make it till dinner. But if if I do that, then I'm I'm gonna stop and eat. But if I'm like okay, I'm gonna wait till dinner, then I just have an incredibly productive day. I don't even think about it until dinner time, and it's really hard to overeat when you're just eating one meal a day. Yeah. Well, those kinds of experiments are fun. One of the ones that I came up with, so again, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan for money, and he says when you're trying to control your finances, just Whatever you want to spend on like going out to eat, put that cash in an envelope. And once the envelope's empty, you don't get to spend any more money on going out to eat. And so I thought, I actually do have a major sweet tooth. And I was like, I want to have less snacks. And so I thought, I'm going to put this like $20 in an envelope. And that's my getting gas station candy envelope. And that was for the entire month. And so there was like this dollar value that represented my junk food. And then my wife and I don't really keep the treats in the house. And so it was kind of a fun little experiment. But yeah, I mean, with the nutrition things, it's just all about finding what works for you. Right on. All right, Dave, we've got one more. And this this is one that you had noted down. 78, trick yourself into meditating. Have you experimented with meditating at all? Have you tried Headspace? Sure, I've, I've experimented with it. I've tried Headspace. I've tried other apps. I'm, there's nothing that I've ever stuck with long term. Okay. Well, I haven't done any regular meditation either. I guess I take my dog for a walk at least once a day, and that's kind of my reflection time. But my wife had gone to this, it's called a gong meditation ceremony. Uh, Basically, it's at this unity church, and there's this flat floor, and you come in and lay down on like a yoga mat. You just listen to this gong, gong playing for an hour. And so she'd had, she'd really enjoyed it. She invited me to this evening one at like, probably started at 6.30 or something. But we got in there and there was like 30 people in the room. And so I'm laying on my yoga mat. I had a blanket on top and a pillow behind me. 
it started, the lady is talking a little bit, just giving some reflection points. And then the music starts and it was just magical. Like the hour just flew by. Like it felt like less than five minutes. And then the lady started talking again and I got up and I was just, I, I looked over at my wife and I said, that was amazing. Like it flew by. It felt like it was just five minutes. And my wife said, that's because you fell asleep and were snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? And I like practically yelled it out. I was like, why didn't you punch me or nudge me? And she's like, well, I didn't want to ruin it for you. And then like, I was just like, I was like, how loud was I snoring? And she's like, shh. And I was just like freaking out. Then she got mad at me because she's like, you're overreacting here. And I'm like, how loud was I? Like, could the people on the far side of the room hear me? So anyways, that was my like funny meditation story. But I did take my staff back on a, a, over a lunch hour once. My, my employee, Sherry, and I was like, if I fall asleep at all, you got to nudge me. But yeah, meditation is great. Easy to fall asleep if you're lying down. Yeah, try not to fall asleep. All right. Well, that's going to that's gonna do it for this conversation on Make Time. It sounds like we both had a lot of good takeaways and recommend it to just about anyone. Uh, if you want to get your copy of Make Time and support this show and our efforts at the same time, then you can do that at theonlinecourseguy.com slash make time. And, and look, that's just going to redirect you to my Amazon affiliate link. For all of the notes and links, we talked about a lot of cool things in this episode. You can find links to all that by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash 118. And if this is your first time, make sure you jump back and listen to our Online Courses 101 episode. That was episode number 89. And, and, and again, let me tell you about our Facebook group and Facebook lives that we do. That is the online course community. You can find that at theonlinecourseguy.com and click on community at the top. And in that group, I'm there. David's there. You're in that group, right, David? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about make time in that group as well. And I also go live on Facebook in that group every Friday, 9 a.m. Central. David. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. It was uh, great to talk to you about Make Time. Definitely. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. We'll talk next week.